Put your hand up this evening if you're interested in being made whole. You want a wholeness in your life in the way it goes. I don't, I don't mean like going in a hole. I don't mean like going to try to dig yourself into a hole. I mean the kind of wholeness that there's a, a fullness, like a peace, like, like you're walking around knowing there's a wholeness to you and you're able to face into every day with a confidence that God is with you and you can minister in his name. That kind of wholeness. Anybody up for that? Yeah, we've got quite a few hands already, which is a good thing. That's what I want to speak to us about this evening. Being made whole in God. Whole. Let's read from James chapter 1. If you've got a Bible or a device, turn to James chapter 1. We're beginning a new series this evening. And uh, we're going to go through the book of James. And uh, we're going to have some adventures because James has got some bold things to say. And we're going to begin that this evening. This first chapter is like an overview that introduces us to the rest of the book. There are about 12 different themes that James pushes into through chapters 2 to 5. Chapter 1 is like an introduction to all those themes as we get set on this box set. So here it is, James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of, all, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is almost certainly Jesus' half-brother. Mary and Joseph went on, had other children, and James was a half-brother to Jesus. Half because Jesus' father was God. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be made mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown, tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person's double-minded, unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. The rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. A few years ago, I decided that I needed to up my game on the fitness front. Um, perhaps a few many, too many uh, winter dark nights, too many pizzas, and I was getting a little bit older. Not that old, a little bit older. And uh, I realized, I think I just need to do a bit more. I need to up my game. And I had to try and find some kind of motivation. So I thought, I'm going to take up running. I'll start jogging a little bit and doing a few more runs and try and fit that into my week. But that kind of didn't, wasn't enough just to think that. So I thought, I've got to find something else. And I heard about this, this thing that I thought, this is the solution. And I'm going to give it to you today. Some of you may have started New Year's resolutions and they're just tailing off at this point, And you're like, I could do with some motivation to get going with this and here's the thing that is going to change your life the zombie app oh yeah oh yeah now I'm not massively into zombies I don't really like them they scare me I don't watch zombie movies especially but I heard about this app which is like a gamification of running and so what, what happens is you download the app and when you go out for your run you click play on the next episode of the zombie app that's going to help you run your 5k and then as you go on your run, you kind of get this radio into your, into your earpiece that's like, come in, come in, we've got an emergency over here, you've got to come this way. And so you start running that way. And, and, then, and then if you slow down on your jog, suddenly you'll start hearing this sound. 
really scary. I know some of you are absolutely freaked out right now. And it's like the zombies start coming. You've got to run faster and you've got to keep going. You've got to go faster. And then if the, loud gets, the sounds get louder, you've got to go faster. And then, and then you outrun the zombies and you're a bit safer and you're getting told where you need to be going. And uh, there was one particular occasion where I was running and, and the particular uh, fields that I was running on were quite like dark, lonely, flat, usually raining, quite wet. And one evening, I was gone, I'd gone out for a run, and it was gloomy, getting dark, and there was this tunnel under a train track. And as I started going down under the train track, I was already slightly on edge because of the zombie app, and suddenly the noise came. And then the radio was like, zombie attack, zombie attack! And so I'm sprinting through this dark tunnel, absolutely freaked out, and that was the last day I ever used the zombie, zombie app. Like, it was just too much for me, too much. But it might work for you. <laughs> I needed some sort of challenge to get me going. I needed, I needed something to motivate me, to, to push me on. And that was like a challenge, like a trial that was going to get me going. And sometimes, you know, those are kind of good challenges that we want. We, we, sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to challenge myself, push myself. But sometimes in life, challenges come that we don't want, that we didn't foresee and we weren't interested in entertaining. And yet there they are. Sometimes it's because it's something that we've done that causes trial and struggle. Often it's because of nothing we've done, but it's pressing in and pushing hard. And storms seem to come. Trials and tribulations, difficulties, struggles. I don't know about you, but life can feel full of them sometimes. And when the challenge comes, how are we going to respond? How do we move in that moment when we face that kind of challenge? James knows all about these challenges. He knows all about these trials. He's a church leader in Jerusalem leading the early church, and he's come to prominence. And it's not an easy, easy situation. He's seen some of his friends getting stoned, others beaten, people chased, like fugitives now running for their lives, and some who have even lost their lives. So James is well qualified as a person who knows about trials, and here he's got something to tell us about them. And what's the incredible thing is, is that James says to us that trials will make us whole. Now, you might think this is just a bit too much, surely. But that word right there, let me read this key verse that we're looking at. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be made mature and complete. That word mature in your version may be, uh, may be translated perfect. So there's something about perseverance that's going to create perfection. It's going to mature you. And the direct translation of the original language right there is wholeness. It's related to this shalom, the peace idea that there might be such a fullness and wholeness that comes in you that you're the kind of person who carries a wholeness in your life, day in, day out, anchored, able, confident, strong, whole, so you can give out of wholeness, not out of just brokenness. And God wants to perfect faith in you and cause maturity and wholeness to come so that you can be like men and women who carry his name in this city. Now, if I was to start saying, uh, like I did at the beginning, I said, who wants a bit of wholeness? And lots of hands went up. If I then said, hey guys, how many of you here are well up for some trials? Who wants some trials and tribulation? Anybody? There's a few hands going up. You've got a head in the sermon, that's why. We're not so keen on the idea of trials, are we? I, I'm, I'm not that good at responding to trials quite often. Um, I can be given to a bit of sulking and a bit of, you know, not happy about this. And I become like retreating and I don't necessarily respond always well when it's hard. 
But if we're to listen to James, we can understand something here that might just change everything about the way we live life from here on in. So how does it work? How does this work? Well, here's what James begins to describe. He says, you've got faith. You've got faith. And many of you here have made a decision and said, I I want to follow Jesus. You might be right at the beginning of that decision. You may be well into it. Uh, Maybe that decision is going to be made this evening. And there's a sense in which, okay, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to say yes to who he says he is. He's the one who can save me. He's the one who can guide me. He's the one who wants to be a part of my life. He wants to save me from my sin. And so I put my faith in him. So you have faith. And God loves you so much that he's not going to just leave you in that initial, in that initial decision, but he wants you to go on growing in that faith so that you move all the way along to wholeness, maturity. He wants to move your faith and continue growing you and enable you to become all that he's called you to be. But between that decision and this maturity in faith, there are a couple of steps. And James describes the first one. You know that in your faith, you're going to face trials. They could come from anywhere. A zombie attack. Maybe it's relationships, your jobs, your health, your school, your exams, your lecture room. There's challenges all around us. Now you see what God blesses us with? That can transform us, can't it? But what God allows to happen in our life, that can transform us too. And sometimes even when God holds back, that can transform us the most. Don't be in any doubt that the trials that we face have as much to do with God's intended growth for us as the times of ease. It's so often in those moments of trials when we hit the the complexities and the struggles and we can't make sense of what's going on and it feels hard. We can't quite see through. When we hit those trials, it's in those moments that we can think that God has got the least interest in us when actually he's most invested He's leaning in and he's shaping something in you. Even sometimes when it's something that's not been good, what the enemy has intended for harm, God has a way of flipping and saying, do you know what, even in the midst of that, I want to do something to produce good in this test. Trials create tension. And whilst tension can feel uncomfortable, it's often a very good thing. It's what builds strength. Last year, I had trouble with my back. I know, I'm getting really old. I need the zombie app, and my back is really old and hurting. I went and had loads of tests, and uh, my back was basically a a misspent youth in sport and not really looking after my body. My back is like 12, 15 years older than it should be, and there are various dents and damages, and they think I've broken a vertebrae at some point, but I never even realized. Just got on with it. (laughs) And, um, and, And I was in real pain last year. There were There were... A series, a long, for a you know, length of weeks where I wouldn't sleep at night. I'd wake up every night at about three o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't be able to sleep again. I was in such pain, I'd have to get up and walk around the house and keep mobile and moving. And I thought, this is really not good. This is, some, this is like deep pain. And of course, the, 
doctors said, oh, this is what you need to do. They want to avoid an operation, but really what you need to do is start strengthening your core. And so I started getting advice from people. And you know, some of you will know Will Vanderhart, who's part of our church. Will is great for advice on all kinds of areas. And uh, Will had had a bad back as well. So, so as soon as he heard I got a bad back, he sort of became passionate and animated. He's like, this is what you need to do. You know, Will's really good at that. He's like, got the solution. So he's like, all right, get Pete. You've got to get down here and you've got to, you've got to do these kind of core stuff down here and hold it there and, and then you've got to do these moves where you stretch your leg up and down this way and, and then you've got to do all these things and like he was just showing me all these different moves that I thought this looks utterly ridiculous and some of them I thought that's not going to make a difference in any way at all but all those different moves were causing tension in my body particularly in muscles that probably I didn't even realize I had and even small ones to develop the strength of my core so that my core would strengthen my back would be able to be supported more fully and do you know what? As I began going through the tension of those exercises, the pain left. Some of you know it from the gym. You exert some tension on your body, strength comes, and then you can do even more. Here's the reality. It's the absence of comfort within which maturity is born. Sometimes we need to realize the world is not quite as we thought it was in order to step into all that God has for us. And so often, so often, our calling can be found in our challenges. We face something and we wake up to the reality of how things really are and we think, I want to do something about that. So many charities are born out of people's difficult trials where they see something and they think something must be done and they push into that and it's the sense of call and they realize this is what I was made to do. But here's the next step. As we face those trials, we move from faith into trials. James then says, persevere in those trials. To persevere. And there's a key moment that happens between trials and perseverance. And that key moment is choice. Psychologists have studied this and uh, wanted to try and understand this area of life. Because there's seeming evidence that where people have suffered and struggled... There's a depth and a strength that comes out of that experience. Some of you may have experienced that yourselves. You've gone through tough times and tonight you would say, I grew more in the tough time than I grew when everything was easy and I was in comfort. I know that's true and psychologists have studied that and thought there's something going on here. They call it adversarial growth. And this moment of adversarial growth is where actually the trials and struggling and and the suffering that so often we might encounter in life for whatever reason has the chance to build us and strengthen us as we persevere. But one of the things psychologists discovered was this, that when people hit suffering and trials, they don't automatically grow in that adversarial growth. People who grow make a choice to grow in that space. So the movement from trial to perseverance is a choice. And when they make a choice to grow and to respond to that suffering with a sense of desire for growth and movement, that's when they grow. That's when the adversarial growth grows. An old friend of mine who I used to work with used to say that when we hit these trials and suffering, we have a decision whether we become bitter and we walk away from it and sit in that bitterness or whether we become better. And our response to that moment is to persevere. And if we respond, then God is moving us towards wholeness and maturity. 
It's a choice, it's a decision. And of course, we don't really need the psychologist to tell us that because James has already told us that right here. They could have saved all of their breath on all the research and just read the book of James. Here's James right here saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials. What he's saying is, when the trials come, consider it pure joy. Look into the face of the trial and say, there is something to be had here. And I can experience joy. It's a choice to persevere. Now, you may not always be happy when you face a trial, but you can still have joy. Happiness and joy are different things. Happiness is is an emotion that we encounter often because of what's outside of us. We hear a funny joke and so we laugh or or something happens around us or, or maybe the sun is shining, as simple as that, and there's a sense of happiness. But joy is something much deeper within. Joy emanates from within. It's a deeper emotion that is even able to sustain in the most difficult of circumstances. I remember one visit to uh, Kenya that I made where I sat in a tiny room with a lady who was a widow and had lost her husband and she had several children and we sat in this one room where they lived, where they ate, where they slept and that was all they had. And she served us up bowls of rice with the only chicken she had that she had prepared for us as honoured guests. And I sat there thinking, this, this is like, I don't, wow, I can't believe that she would give all of this. Like she has nothing and yet she wants to give all. And she sat there with beams of joy in her face. And there was this depth of joy in a lady that by all rights could have said, the world has dealt me a tough hand. And yet there was this joy as she leant into God. And there was a wholeness in her that I saw there that had such a profound impact because I don't often see it in other places. I was chatting to somebody last week. He's a friend who's got everything in the world. Fast cars, sponsorship deals, top of their profession, all the money in the world. And I looked him in the eye and I said, when I look at you, I don't see peace. It's a bit of a bold moment. And his eyes welled up with tears and he looked at me and said, I knew you were going to say that. Why? Because he knows it's true. Sometimes we can think that we'll throw riches at the problem, we'll throw riches at the, at the trial or, or the suffering. But actually that's not the answer, that's not the answer. The only answer is in Jesus. And you see, when we start leaning into him as we persevere and our choice is to consider it pure joy because God, you may just be preparing something in me, establishing something in me so I can walk in wholeness in the midst of this trial. When we lean into that place, something grows in us. The other time that I saw it was in Cardinal Tagle, who was one of our guests at Leadership Conference just a couple of years ago. And, and it was amazing as Nikki interviewed him every year at that conference. There's always a few moments where you're like, I can't believe I get to be in the room for this moment. I cannot believe it. Last year it was Brian Stevenson speaking and the entire hall, just a standing ovation. And, and this, just, this moment where you thought, we are in a history-making moment right now. And the year, this year particularly, when Cardinal Tagli was with us, he sat listening to Nicky and Nicky interviewing and him speaking. And I'll never forget one of the things he said. With a beaming smile on his face and tears in his eyes, he said, those who have suffered much know how to smile. As Cardinal of the Philippines, where the Christians had experienced persecution and there had been incredible natural disasters that had pushed the nation to its very limit, one of the leaders of the community, the faith leaders, was able to express great grief with great joy. 
great depth and peace whilst understanding compassionately the situation of the world. There was a wholeness in him that is rare to see and God had formed it. But Pete, you might say, this decision from trial into, pers- uh, into, into um, perseverance, if I'm going to get to maturity and wholeness, that's a decision that takes a lot of courage. That's a, that's a decision that is going to take more from me that I think I've got right now because the trial has bruised me. I, I'm, I don't feel very whole in this trial and, and I'm confused a little bit and there are a load of questions and there probably are and there are people sitting here this evening you are going through things that I couldn't even begin to imagine. There are people here who are so worried about your children. They're keeping you awake at night. There are people here you're waiting for a diagnosis. Keeping you awake at night. There are people here, you've tried to stand up for the gospel and something came back and it feels like a punch in the face. And you're like, I don't know if I want this trial. I don't have the courage to keep going through opposition. That's literally what courage is the ability to keep going through opposition. Well, here's the great news God's got the courage for you. Jesus Christ came into this world and he went through every test, every trial, a man acquainted with suffering who walked through things that you and I could hardly even begin to imagine, holding the very hand of the Father in order that he might bring freedom and courage to you. And now, today, right now, by the power of his spirit, Jesus wants to come and fill you so full that his Holy Spirit would be in you, enabling you into that decision. You can't make that decision yourself. You can't press through all the things that God wants to grow in you without him. He is committed to being with you. He's committed to being present with you. He's committed to filling you so that you have the courage to persevere. You don't have to stand alone. That's the great news. That's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus is with us in the midst of this as he perfects us and leads us to wholeness so that we can lift up his name and his name be celebrated as he breaks through in every trial and situation in our lives. And so he wants to come and fill you even this evening. He wants to flood you with his presence. That's the amazing thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes. James says right here, you know, if you feel like you lack wisdom, ask God for it. And he will fill you with his spirit and give you heavenly wisdom. He will help you see from heaven's perspective. It won't be that you're walking blind anymore. You'll be able to see this is what God is up to. This is heaven's perspective. This is the way I go. Not because you're clever, but because the Holy Spirit has so filled you, you can see from heaven's view. This is the best news that we could ever be speaking about. The power of Jesus at work in us to take us through. And as he lives in you, it's in the trial as you persevere with that power made known that brings him glory and it brings you wholeness. I don't know, maybe you feel the storm is raging. It's raging all around you and the waves are coming over the boat and maybe just the boat will sink and you're thinking, where are you, Jesus? Where are you? Are you gonna turn up, Jesus? Because basically I feel like I've stepped out here and I'm not sure what's going in, what's going on, what's gonna happen in this situation. Some of you are in that storm right now and coming across the water on those waves is Jesus Christ saying, hey, do you know what? I've got this storm, but even in the midst of the storm, why don't you step out of that boat and walk with me? Why don't you come with me? Because I'm gonna take you somewhere as I fill you with my spirit. 
And he's the one who can speak peace, peace. He's the one who can move in all those situations. You may feel blind. You can't see a way out of this test, this situation, this struggle that you're going through. No one seems to care and no one notices. They keep walking past you and you're longing for something. But as you call out to Jesus and ask him for wisdom, he says, who's that? Bring that person to me. And he breathes life and will open your eyes to give you vision to see what he's doing. And as you receive your healing and as you experience him and as he matures and perfects you in all kinds of ways, everyone will stand amazed and his kingdom, his name will be lifted high. Whatever the zombies are that are coming for you, God's love never fails. His ability to work in and through every trial will grow a wholeness in you so that you are made ready to step into all he has for you. All he has for us as a church. He made you to be whole. He made us to be whole as we carry his presence and hold out his hope to a world that desperately need to see whole people ministering in his name. Let's get to it. Amen.